today on the show, we're talking about looking forward and looking back. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Trevor. And today, for episode 169, we're talking about looking forward and back. So I came to this realization at once you hit around age 50, I mean, it's not on your birthday, but once you hit your 50s, you have this incredible, unique view of the world. And I say that in that you you have the chance to look back. If you just say you have children and you have parents, so this it's kind of hinges on that. So you look back at your children and see where they are in the struggles they're facing and their concerns in life. And you reflect on perhaps you remember being there. And then you also have the luxury of looking 20 years forward, roughly 20 years, at where your parents are and, and their struggles. And this works at 50. This doesn't work at, at, at 30 because you still don't have the point of reference at 30, meaning 20 years back from 30 is kind of irrelevant because you were you you just existing. I mean, I, I call your 20s your coming of age. So prior to as a teenager, as a child living under the your parents' roof, you were just existing. You weren't trying to accomplish anything. You weren't trying to carve out your place in the world. You were just existing. So it, it, it all kind of starts when you, whenever you come of age. So if you graduated from university or college at 22, that's when the clock starts ticking on, on you making it in the world. So you start sort of assessing from that point on. But when you're 22, you have zero point of reference. This is all new from this point forward. To reflect back from 22 is kind of fruitless because, again, you, you were just existing. You weren't trying to accomplish something. I love that perspective that you must have gained as you are now past the age of 50 yourself. And when did you come to that realization that, hey, at the age of 50 or around 50, I now have this perspective? Well, just recently, actually, and it requires you to be incredibly observant and not, okay, you can't be super self-absorbed and, and just focused on you and your life. You have to really be inquisitive. You have to genuinely reach out to your children and, and talk to them and listen to them and see what their struggles are in life and really get the dialogue going. If you just say, okay, I'm done being a parent, kids, I hope you make it, <laughs> good, good luck, and just focus on your life, you're, you're going to lose that, that chance. And then with your parents, if you just look at your parents as this, you know, you're a burden or you, you got to look after them and you don't actually listen to your parents and listen to their struggles in life and the things that they're concerned about. So it's really having this incredibly open mind and being a, so part of being a great communicator is being a great listener. And here I am doing a lot of talking and not listening, but uh, trust me, I'm a, I'm a good listener. So it's really being observant and not just focused on your life and what you're trying to accomplish. Take the blinders off and, and be open to what's going on in the world around you. So I, I, I'm interested in, I'm genuinely interested in my kids' lives and how they're progressing, the things they're struggling with. Sure, as a parent, you want to help them, but first and foremost, listen to them and see what what's going on in their lives and what kind of struggles they have. And that, the, the, here's the key, is if you can look back at your children and see yourself in those similar struggles, then 
if you buy into, oh, I remember going through that, or I remember worrying about that, if you remember that, then listen to your parents. And if if they're having struggles or concerns, then chances are, if you follow their path, you're going to have the similar things. So here's where the, the real rubber hits the road is, just say your parents are super focused on health concerns. Then it's not too late at 50 to really start ramping up looking after your health. And maybe those will be less of a concern when you're 70. So it, it becomes a, a planning tool or a strategic tool to start using. But I think to buy into, you don't really think you're going to end up where your parents are when you're 50 and they're 70. You, you don't, if, if you don't think, okay, that, that could be me or, you know, I could see myself being there in 20 years. If you look back and say, you know, my kids are struggling with the same things I did, then you start to believe in adult, like in your senior ages, you're going to have those same things your parents are because you, you're, if you followed your parents up to their, their general path up to age 50, unless you do something deliberate, you're going to follow them right into age 70. And if you grew up in the same town, in the same, if you grew up in the same town, you stayed living in the same town and you sort of got a job like your parents did and you put in your 30 years like your parents did and you had a social life like your parents did, chances are you're going to follow their, you're, you're going to kind of experience the things, same things they did. So if you're observant and you can see what's in your future. So for a 20-year-old kid, you, you couldn't sell this concept to them because their point of reference is, they, they have zero point of reference. They They can't look back, you know, the thing with history, having a degree in history, I don't have a degree in history, but I love history. And one of the things that people I listen to or or follow or read say what the history degree gave them is it gave them a point of reference, meaning when some disaster happens in the world today, because they're historians, they have this luxury of this is of having this point of reference to say, well, how bad is it? You know, how bad was the 2008 recession? Well, if they're economic historians, they can look back at the 1929 market crash and they know in great detail what that, what, what happened then and, and what it was like for the average guy on the street. And that point of reference gives them a great point to say, hey, don't worry, guys, this isn't as bad. It's bad, but it's, it, we've seen worse in, in, the, the, in our society. So this, this will end or this will come to an end. Or they might say, you know, this isn't even close to the worst case scenario. So having... A point of reference is very valuable, and so I, I didn't have it prior to fifty, or I wasn't observant. You know, I was so caught up in raising a family, I didn't have time to sort of reflect back, and actually, I didn't have anything to look back at because my I, I I didn't have my kids to look back at because they again were just existing. They they weren't carving their way out in life. They weren't trying to accomplish something. They were trying to accomplish what I told them to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> They're just existing. They're just there. I I so I absolutely love the connection you made between history and and how we can reflect back on that, which which leads me to my next question. I was going to say this at the end, but I'm just going to ask it now because it brings up the idea of relevancy and how times have changed and times are changing. And I'm sure we'll touch on this throughout the show, but I, I'm going to ask this question now. And it relates to the fact that the times, economic times, the socioeconomic times are not the same for you as they are for your kids and as they were for your parents. 
That's a very good point. So it's important when you're looking back and seeing the struggles your children have that you make the adjustments for those things in your mind. Like you, you might say, well, uh, I owned a house by the time I was, you know, my, my kid's age and they, they aren't, they must be going down a different path or their, their struggles are harder. But the, the internet didn't exist. I, I'm going to say it was harder to find a job. You almost needed to know somebody. Now you, you learn about things in the world so quickly with the internet. So there's quite often there's an offsetting, like, I mean, I talked about houses in the internet. How, how are they related? Well, you become way more informed with the internet than I was back in my twenties. I mean, you would read the newspaper, you would talk to people you knew, and that's how you gained information. You might watch something on the news. Now it's, you're so informed that that can offset a lot of the struggles somebody in their 20s would be having today. I think you can't look at it at such a granular level, though. You have to look at it at a macro level. So you you have to look at your children's struggle with housing, transportation, food, those very high-level things. As humans, you know, we've always needed those things, you know, energy, all those those type of struggles. So look at it not so granular, like, look at it more, how hard is it for them to find a job? You know, are they staying gainfully employed? Uh, I remember, you know, when you're starting out in life, you're always looking for somebody to take that first chance on you when you've got no experience. That hasn't changed ever, right? You you get out of school and you need somebody to take a a chance on you that you're going to actually deliver as an employee. Well, all the technology in the world and, you know, the global economy and jobs being moved to China and in Mexico, you st- that's still, that, that struggle exists. So, and then transportation, I mean, that, that hasn't gone away. Either your public transit needs or your, you need a car, like all, all those things. And then make, okay, you're struggling to pay your rent. Just say that that hasn't changed in, in a hundred years, right? Every, everyone, when they're younger, they're at some point, making rent was a challenge, right? That, that that hasn't changed. So when you can look back and see those struggles, and if you if you listen to your children, you get the this, I remember being so young thinking, I waited my whole life to get a car, right? And it, it took, it was taken forever to get my first car. And now, you're right, it did take your whole life. By the time you were 20, you had lived your whole life and you still didn't own a car. You finally got a car. You took your whole life to get this car. And then it, it was. It felt like it's gonna take your whole life to pay it off. And now, when I'm fifty, I'm thinking, time. the The measurement of time is so small. Like five years is like I could do anything for five years. But when I was twenty, five years was a quarter of my life. So it felt like a long time. So it sounds like focusing on those generic, universal concepts, the ones that stand the test of time, are truly how you can begin to connect with your parents and your children. And, and I love that. Well, and here's another thing. So just when I was 20, you know, I, I could have taken the time to look forward, right? And, and said, where are my parents right now? But I, again, there's no reference. I can't look when I was 20. And I looked at my parents who were in their fifties and I could say, well, you know, I, I can, I, you, I can see myself there. You can't, right? In fact, you probably were thinking, I, 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 I can't wait to get there or I'm never going to be there. But even if you look further ahead and looked at your grandparents, 
until you, you, you're able to look back and see, oh, I remember being there. Can you, that, that point of reference, like you, you end up buying into it that my kids are where I were, were, so I must be where my parents were. You know, you, you, you start to believe in this concept that the generations are following each other. And when it comes to looking at good models, do you believe the fact that you, you maybe like the positioning your parents are in right now? Is that, does that influence at all your, your willingness to listen to them and to understand their perspective or as well as your kids? Or do you think regardless of where both, both sets of individuals ended up that they're both good models to, to, to listen to and to observe? Well, you, again, you can't look at it at such a granular level and, and try to, like, for instance, my parents did not have the, the nutritional information that I had, the, the information on nutrition. The Canada Food Guide has changed dramatically over time. And what my parents believed to be healthy, we, we know today is not. For instance, my parents, that generation a lot of them smoked cigarettes. Like, I mean, that was, in fact, I remember, I can remember the people that didn't. They really struck me as odd as a kid. I would say, gee, I haven't, I, that person's been here an hour, they haven't smoked once. And that struck me as odd. They, that generation really did not believe smoking was as harmful as, as we believe it to be today. So I, when I look at my parents' health problems, I can't, I can't look at them specifically and say, I'm going to have those too. I have to look at it and make the adjustments knowing that I, I lived a, I'll say nutritionally, uh, um, a healthier life and an environmental one too. Cause we, you know, we learned about things that in our, for instance, if you ever drive behind a, a really old, like antique classic car and you're behind it and all you can smell is the exhaust. It is just, you know, you, you almost can't breathe. It's so strong. Well, Believe it, all cars smelled like that. Every car on the road gave off that exhaust. So you could imagine how unhealthy that environment was compared to today, where cars give off, I'm going to say, a quarter of the emissions. But it, so, and here's another one. So this is a money podcast. When I look at my parents, they ended up with a pension that is dramatically different than the pension I have. Like, I mean, their, their pension is very lucrative compared to the one I'm going to have. So, and then my, my children are probably having even less of a pension the way I, it seems employers are dealing with pension plans. So you, you can't, so if you just look, just look at not where their money's coming from and what they're spending on, but just generally high level 5,000 feet, what kind of money concerns do they have? You know, are they concerned about affording housing? Are they concerned about affording the transportation? Are they concerned about for affording uh, the utility costs in their house. What are their financial concerns? They they must have some, right? Like, and if they don't, then then that becomes maybe unrelatable. You, you can't really pull much from that. Maybe they're so consumed by health concerns that they never do talk about money. So it's really you got to look at it from five thousand feet. You can't be on the ground looking at at their concerns and and, and sort of apply it to yourself. No, I love that. And the one key word that really resonates, I think, is is the word concerns. I mean, we're all going to have concerns. So I, I think focusing on, on what, like you said, maybe your parents' concerns are, your children's is such a great point to start at. 
and not to sound too negative, but life is really uh, a solving a series of problems. I mean, that that's uh, we exist, and as we exist, we just solve problems. Some of them are big problems. Some of them are small problems. Like like feeding yourself, it's a problem that has to be solved about three times a day, right? You have to figure out how to get food into your body three times a day, or you'll die. Uh, keeping uh, your your home, keeping shelter that's an ongoing problem that has to be solved. You're either buying things, like you're paying a mortgage, that, that that's contributing to your shelter. You're paying for utilities to keep your shelter functioning. But And our societies become super efficient. We, we tend to solve most of these problems with money, and we go get a job and, and earn income to solve the problems in life. Some of them can't be solved with money, like health problems. That Money's not going to solve all the health problems in the world. But life in general is solving problems. So it's, it's being observant of the problems your children are solving or trying to solve and the problems your parents are solving or trying to solve. And at 50, you get to look at both of those and draw connections and possibly map out your future and possibly change the path of your future. You're, you're, if, if you don't like where your parents have ended up, then at 50, you've still got 20 years to change that path and you, you might change it a little bit every day, but you could change the direction if you don't like where where they have ended up or maybe you do like where your parents ended up and you're, you've, you've got a, now you've got a target and you're just zooming into it. You, you wanna, you're, you're striving to live the life that your parents are in, in their senior years. Maybe you love what you see. And a key part to what you just said is at their age, I think, because we have talked on the podcast how dangerous it is for your 20-year-old child to fall into this trap of wanting to be exactly where their parents are right now. So I think that is a key consideration, but you did allude to that, which I think is important. And if I could say to a 20-year-old, look at where your parents are, and it's really hard to picture yourself there. I, I, think, it's, I think it's incredibly hard to picture yourself there. And looking at where your grandparents are, it's even more impossible to picture yourself. Like you can't look two generations ahead and say, I, I might end up there. In fact, chances are that their world is so different. By the time you get to those, that senior age from 20, the world will be different. I mean, it's, it's going to be unrelatable. But one generation forward, you can look there and, and spot similarities. But from 20, I, I think even picturing where your parents are, I, I think it looks like an impossibility or, or highly unlikely. Oh, for sure. So Trevor, I have two more questions before we jump on to the rest of this episode. So this episode, we are going to talk about questions to ask ourselves, things to observe, and Trevor's own observations. So my two questions before we move on. I mean, Trevor, you are over the age of 50 now. Is Do you, do you ever hear from your kids, oh, Dad, you don't even remember what it was like being my age. Is that, and, and how much do you think, do you personally think you're, you are or are not losing touch with how you actually felt and experienced life in your formative years? So I, I do think you lose touch. And I, I, I think at 50, you become not such a great resource for uh, solving specific problems because you kind of lose track of it. In fact, I, I tend to, I, I think that, I have more confidence in that I have disposable income to solve problems where your children maybe don't, they, I, I, they, they, they don't have as much money, but I think it's really, 
I, I, I think it's not a, your kids asking you questions. And here's the mistake I often make is I will describe uh, a scenario where I existed in that, you know, I'll, I'll give an example where I, I'm going to give them where I live that and and I'm trying to give the example to, to prove to them I can relate to your problem. And I think that's terrible advice. To Your kid comes to you with a problem saying, you know, uh, I, I can't, my car's broke down, I can't afford to fix it, and, you know, and now I'm taking the bus. And you say, well, I remember when <laughs> my car broke down and we worked all night getting it fixed and, you know, I called all my buddies and we changed all the tires or whatever and we got <laughs> we got it up and running and it, and I got to work the next day. That story has zero use to your child, you know. But that that could be you saying, "I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there before." Don't give your 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 example. Your kids' eyes will glaze over, and they they will get nothing out of that. Tell them, you know, just listen to them and tell them you understand and you know how hard it is. And of course, if you can help, help. But just sympathize with them i think quite often people just want to be heard yeah no definitely i uh it's, it's a great example my last question before we jump on to the rest of the episode is do you find it hard in your own in your own world i guess with your parents and your children to especially with your children but to get yourself back to seeing things through their eyes i mean you 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 said the example previously that it felt like you had saved up your whole life to afford a car when really now it, it, looking back it doesn't feel that way so how i mean the struggles your children are going through and, and maybe the struggles that you see your parents going through obviously you haven't gone through those struggles your parents are going through but with your children how how do you be there and help them in those scenarios without maybe minimizing or or, or realizing that what they're feeling and going through is is maybe catastrophic or so real for them, but also giving them perspective at the same time. Like that's it's just a fine line. So how do you walk that? Well, unfortunately, this episode is not about how to help your children and help your parents. <laughs> this episode is about how to help you at fifty, and so. I, I'm. I'd like to focus on using using your children and your parents as a perspective tool, right? So I'm not saying you shouldn't help your children or help your parents. That could be a separate show. But I think the the real focus here is on just being not being so observant to see what's going on in the world around you, and and, and using that inf- those inputs to drive your future behaviors. That's that's really what this episode is about. And it's being, we tend to be so self-absorbed in our lives. You know, when, when I was in my 20s, my parents were really caught up in home improvements and doing stuff to their house. And I, I'm pretty sure they didn't really, I'm not saying they didn't care, but I'm really pretty sure they didn't really know the struggles I was having at, at even a high level. Unless I, I told them, they certainly weren't asking me, you know, what what are your struggles in life? And those con- I don't recall those conversations. Maybe they happened. I, I don't think they did. So it, this is but this is really about you in your fifties utilizing this opportunity because it's only gonna. Okay, I, I say it's only gonna come around once. 
I don't, I only think you're going to get this view of the world once in, in life, you know, in your fifties. I, I think once you get to your sixties, you, you, you get so far away from your, well, you maybe okay. So maybe you do see a, as you go through life, maybe this view continues. It starts at 50 and maybe it just keeps on going. Obviously your parents are going to pass away at some point and you're not going to have that forward look anymore. Um, but I, I can tell you it starts at 50 and, and it's a, don't don't miss this opportunity. So on that note, let's jump into the three questions to ask yourself as you're going through this phase of your life and, and drawing value from it. So the first question to ask ourselves is, did you follow your parents' path and are your children following your path? So this is important be, to start this process. So when I say, did you follow your parents' path? So did you get a job, you know, Kind of when they like, just say your parents were doctors and you were a plumber. <laughs> I'm not judging doctors and I'm not judging plumbers, but I think you're on two different paths at that point, and you're probably not going to be able to use your parents as a measuring stick or a gauge of where you might end up. So, did you follow the same path? Meaning, did you, if you earned an average income, your parents earned an average income, you're going to have similar struggles in life, right? You're not be struggling with should I drive the Lexus or the Range Rover. <laughs> You're struggling should I take my pickup truck or my my sedan, right? It's it's you're 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 going to have similar struggles in life. So, did you go down the same path as your parents? And at a very high level, did you you make the the same path in that you're going to have the same struggles in life? And then, are your children going the same path? So, just say you were a plumber and your children became doctors. Well you're going to have different struggles in life. Now, just for the record, I think plumbers do do pretty good financially, but doctors do even better. So uh, so if, you're, if your children became doctors, then they're going to have a different... Here's another one. So did your parents uh, get a job in the... I'll say in, say in the trades, and they ended up working in a unionized environment, and you ended up getting a job in, say, marketing, and you worked in a business environment. Well... Your, your, your parents, they were in a unionized environment and they lived under the protection of, say, a union and seniority was the secret to their secure, financial security in terms of employment. And if you got a job in, say, marketing in the business world and there was no union there, your security was your, your skill set that you brought to the workplace and how marketable you were. So I think you were both chasing job security, but they were coming from different perspectives. So I don't think your parent who was protected by the seniority of a union could relate to your concerns of you might think you're going to lose your job because somebody who's got 30 years in or 25 years in seniority in a union, he's going to be one of the last people to be laid off if things, if business slows down, whereas your, your marketing campaign could dry up overnight and you could be out of work. So you can see how those two people have different concerns and in, in employment struggles in terms of uh, feeling secure about having a steady income. So the second question we can ask ourselves is what are, are their concerns? Did or do those things concern you? If you, so when you're in your 20s, you have zero health concerns. Most people, I can say 99% of the people have zero health concerns in their 20. In fact, it's because, it's usually because you did something really stupid and you hurt yourself, you know, doing something dangerous as a, as a 20-year-old, say, young man, you tend to be more reckless and 
you it was probably self-inflicted and to some degree or you put yourself in harm's way and your parents they, their health concerns are they could be genetic hereditary or they could be just lifestyle health concerns so those two generations can't compare but by the time you're 50 you know you're maybe you're starting to get some high blood pressure and some uh elevated blood sugar levels and you're again i'm not a doctor but i'll play one on the internet you you end up with some uh health concerns start creeping in so but when you're 20 you didn't have any so but in your 50s you're starting to maybe get signs of a few health concerns and your parents are just every time you talk to them it's like they're so consumed by health concerns so you have to, you can't look you have to look back and say okay i didn't worry about my health in my 20s therefore i won't in my 70s that doesn't work right but with money if you if you were concerned about money in your 20s and your parents are like consumed with it in their in their later years then chances are and you're consumed by money concerns right now then chances are those concerns are going to follow you through so if you know that if you know that 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 those money concerns never go away it's just something you worry about then you can strategize accordingly you know you're going to you're going to probably want to save more money than you actually need so this is a way where you can use this information to and you could even ask your parents you know you could say hey dad uh, he's 70 now did you worry about money when you're in your 20s and they say oh yeah we're always worried about making rent or we're always worried about you know not having enough money to buy groceries they they'll tell you right you talk to people who in their 70s they love to tell they they'll tell you about their past for hours if you let them so if if they worried about money their whole lives and so they're 70 they're still worried about money and you have worried about money since your 20s and your 50s then you can probably assume you're going to worry about it in your senior years so you can strategize accordingly and the last question that we can ask ourselves is, will it matter in 20 years? Were your concerns worthy? And so this is we're looking back at your children and seeing what they're struggling with. And I remember buying a car. Whenever I bought a, a car, I would, you know, test drive the crap out of it. And I would, I would just worry about, is it the right car? Is it the right car? It turns out car lasts about 10 years. Well, when you're 20, that's half your life, right? That is a lifetime investment. It feels like it. But by the time you're 50, a car is is such a temporary thing. It is just this inanimate object that just gets you around and you'll you'll own a bunch of them over the course of your lifetime. So I when I buy a car now, I, I, I it's 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 hardly a oh yeah, I got I gotta go car shopping today. But when I was in my twenties, man, it was like the world was stopped, right? And so now I look forward to my parents and their concern about a car is, you know it starts or it doesn't start <laughs> that that's it that's all that, that that that's what a car needs to do the the car starts it's a good car the car doesn't start it's a bad car so i get caught up in the nuances of cars i think still too much but in my 20s oh my god i was just, <laughs> i'd be foaming at the mouth you know worrying about you know little nuances of cars like i remember okay i remember looking at a car saying de- deciding okay this car has a lever to unlock the gas cap and this other one doesn't you know from inside the car you can pull this lever and the the gas door opens you can do that from inside and i thought well that'll be safe because somebody can't tamper tamper with my gas and i remember that was one of the features i was worried about between two cars when i was you know 22 years old and i remember worrying about that or you know 
contemplating that for a couple of days, <laughs> if you can imagine, the ca- gas cap door would, you know, be more secure. And I think now, I think, I, I like it. I like to that it has a gas cap. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And, and then you get to my parents and you think, okay, it starts, right? And so you can see where, so when, now that I'm 50, now that I know that, I think, okay, whatever I'm worried about. Like, So when I'm buying a car, is this going to matter in 20 years? Well, no, I won't even have this car in 20 years. So I don't even care what color it is. You know, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to run and it's going to get me around. Done. So you end up worrying a little bit less. I remember buying a stereo. This is back when people had stereos with big speakers and stuff. And I remember getting all wound up in the features of the tape player, right? In the record player and the, what kind of needle the record player had. And and I worried, I, I, I remember, this is before internet. So when you went, went to shop for these things, you had to go to stores. I remember spending Saturday after Saturday going with my friends stereo shopping and and comparing this to that and features. And and of course, records and cassette players, they, they don't exist anymore. I think what I wasted so much time worrying about that like so it it really it it, will it matter in 20 years is a good question you ask yourself at at any point in life but when you're in your 50s you can look back and and look at the things you're worried about that that didn't matter 20 years later so you have this opportunity now now that you know that don't worry about things that aren't going to matter 20 years from now like don't invest don't waste time on things that just won't matter 20 years from now I really like the example that you used with the car because if you're even feeling that inkling of something inside of you, even just glancing ahead a generation to see how your parents are perceiving it. So if, if you are in your mind thinking, you know what, like this purchase doesn't matter as much as it's I'm making it matter to me. And then you glance ahead and their outlook on that same issue, it, it kind of reaffirms that, you know what, <laughs> maybe my thoughts on this aren't too off off the rails because they think the same way about it too. So I think there's that little bit of, of, of learning that you can kind of look back and look forward doing in, in, in some of these processes. And I can honestly say that again, this podcast isn't about helping your, your children with their concerns. It's really about, you know, you real, you know, realigning yourself with, with concerns. But if your children are, are worrying about, whether the gas cap opens from the inside of the car or not on a car they're buying, just that's a, an example. But if they're worrying about something so frivolous as that, don't try to tell them it doesn't matter because at 20, it, maybe it does matter. It, 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 this isn't you trying to change what they worry about. I, you, they have no point of reference, so you can't, you can't tell them not to worry about it. it it's... Even if you tell them not to worry about it, I don't think that helps. Somebody told me, don't worry about the gas cap. <laughs> it wouldn't have helped. I was still concerned about the gas cap. So let's move on to talking about things that we can observe. So Trevor, you've put together a list of five things that we can observe. And and, and so how do these five things come into play? I think these are just five things that are, are, are you view at 5,000 feet, not, not from ground level. And... These are things to observe in the observing your children and observing your parents and and observing what you did in your 20s and how you view these things today. So on that note the first one is time. So time is this this is a a thing I've observed. So time is is how 
did you utilize time in your 20s? And how do your parents utilize time in their 70s? And how do you utilize time today? And when I say utilize time, it's it's your view of time. Are you worried about, like, are you trying to maximize every hour of every day and be super productive? Because in your 20s, in my 20s, I wasn't. And, and I was pretty... Uh, I had a pretty enjoyable 20, like that, that gener- 20 years of my life, the first 20, that was a pretty good 20 years. Uh, it's, when children showed up, time became this precious commodity and th- that, that, that's when everything changed for me. Time became this precious commodity. And now that I'm an empty nester, it, I haven't yet shed that, that mindset that time is a precious commodity. I, I haven't, it hasn't gone away. I still treat time with, with, such care and I hate to waste it and I look at my parents and they seem to just treat time like there's it's just going to keep on coming so it's almost like they've reverted back to the mindset of their 20s like time is it doesn't matter anymore time is and maybe it's because you don't work that you're not trying to you know maximize the every hour of the weekend so but I remember in my in my 20s I I did work still but time I still did not covet time like I did once from I had kids till now. And I'm hoping, I, I really, I think I enjoyed life more when I didn't, you know, covet time so precious. And so I look forward to being where my parents are. And I don't know if a switch flips or what gets you to that point. I'm hoping it's when you retire that time becomes less of a concern because they seem to just be taking life as it comes, right? And I love that that thing. So this is a case where I want to get to where my parents are and their view of time. And I, I, I love, I see my children and their view of time. And the, I keep thinking, don't waste it, man. <laughs> it's going to be precious real soon, but you, you can't impose that on them. So I look at my kids who are just sort of drifting along, enjoying life, absolutely enjoying life and not really trying to maximize time. It's funny, I'm, as you're talking about that, it's it's kind of funny to see for time specifically how the both your children and your parents do have uh, that in common. And I'm sure as we go through this list, there might be other things that these two generations on either side of you have in common that when you're looking ahead and looking back and, and observing that you see the similarities. So number two is stuff. So I used to buy stuff. I, when I was shopping for things, my whole mindset was, I want to buy a, I remember I was buying a table saw and I wanted to buy this light. I wanted to buy a table saw that would last a lifetime. And when you're in your, I was in my thirties, uh, that's a lot of table saw years you're, you're shopping for, right? It's, but I wanted this lifetime thing. And as you get older, your perspective on what needs to last a lifetime is obviously shrinking. And I've realized, and then I talked to my parents and when they buy something, well, they're not even concerned about durability or how long it's going to last. And it's not because they're wasteful or they, they have lots of money to spend. It's be, and I've, this is an observation I mean, is at a subconscious level, it doesn't need to last as long for them, right? They, obviously, there's, there's fewer years in their future than, than there is for me. So I've come to this point at, at age 50 that I don't, my view of how long, when I buy something, how long does it have to last it's just has to, it just has to meet its need. And I noticed that transition. So when I was in my 20s and 30s, it had to last a lifetime. Whatever I bought, I wanted it to last forever. 
And now it just has to serve its purpose. And when I look at my parents, their stuff, it, it, it just has to make their life comfortable or it just has to, at a very bare minimum, meet their needs. And if it doesn't, well, they'll get another one. And it's not that they have a whole bunch of disposable income. It's just this thing, like, there's just, at, I think at a very subconscious level, they know there's not that many years left, right? So it, it kind of, your view of acquiring stuff and the mentality you, you apply to acquiring stuff, I think changes in terms of how long it has to last. No, and that's that's definitely an observation that I'm sure you could only come to at this age in your life. So I, I do like that. The next thing to observe is health. So health is a the the problem with health is you often you can't undo what's been done. So in my twenties, I had zero concern for my health, and most people don't. You you appear to be somewhat invincible, right? You 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 don't exercise regularly because you don't have to. You can eat whatever you want because your body will just is resilient. It can just digest anything, it seems. You just pour all sorts of crappy stuff in your body. <laughs> I used to stop, me and my wife in our 20s, we used to stop every day at a donut shop and drink double-double coffees. <laughs> so that's double cream, double sugar. And an apple fritter, which is a quite a, a large donut. So deep fried dough. Uh, but it had apples in it, so we, we thought it was healthy. <laughs> but it wasn't. And it's covered in sugar. We ate one of those every day, five days a week. Not a word of a lie. It didn't gain a single pound because of it. Because we were in our 20s. You, you could do that and get away with it. And I would quite often grab one to eat later in the day. Like I'd grab one to go. So I'd eat, sometimes I'd eat two a day. And once we finished our double-doubles, we'd order... Uh, two double doubles to go. So we we drank one in the coffee shop and we drank one on our way to work. Or we t- got one to take to work. And on a really bad day, I'd drink a triple triple. So, so you could see in my twenties, you could do anything. Now, so now once I hit fifty, I look at my parents who have health concerns, and some of their health concerns I, I'm going to say are are genetic, and some of them are lifestyle. I'm not a doctor, I, I don't know, but you know. But I, I used my parents as a reference at age fifty, and I would ask them, you know, what kind of health concerns they had at fifty, and they seemed to be kind of fuzzy on the details of when their blood pressure problems started, or when their bad knee started, or when you know this medication started and that medication started. They're really fuzzy on the details. They don't kind of recall if it started at fifty or sixty. They, they've kind of lost track. So I. I all I can do is at my age 50 is look at where they are. I, I can't, I, you know, I can't say, where were you at 50? They, they, they never made that observation. So I can say uh, at age 50, I've, I have no medication I'm on. So I, and I, I have pretty good um, uh, baseline um, statistics on my health. So I, I wish I knew where my parents were at that point. But I can look back at my kids and say they have zero health concerns. They 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 care almost nothing for for health. It's not a concern. It's not a worry. My parents, you talk to them, you can't get in you know three or four minutes without them mentioning a health concern. And I'm not. I'm sure if I had their health issues, I'd be it'd be front and center in my mind all the time. So it's not a judgment. They they should be thinking about that all the time because it is a concern. But at fifty. If you don't want to be there, you used to have a chance to change that path. So 
So like I was saying with money, you can change it. You can change it with your health too. The fourth of five things that we can observe is money as we are a money podcast. So you're going to have money concerns your whole life, but it's what did you, what, what specifically, when I say specifically, I'm not talking granularly, but was it the, the transportation, housing, uh, just job security, what were your financial concerns? My concern in my 20s was job security, always job security. I, I've been gainfully employed for 30 years, so I have no idea. I, I, right up till now, I still, I, I'm about to retire this year. I still, I'm not worried about job security now, but I've worried about it up to last year, job security. Always worried about it, never been unemployed. My father's always been gainfully employed. My kids have always been gainfully employed, but I was worried about job security. It's been a constant worry of mine. And my, my father worried about it too. So one of the things my father, he, he told me to do is get an education. So you're the company, you're not reliant on a company for job security. You have a skill, a marketable skill set. And I, I, I did that same advice to my kids. So I, I, I think, and then I, I've saved for my retirement in, in a, not to have a less of a concern about of money, but money's always been a concern of mine. So much of a concern, I started a podcast on money. <laughs> so so Mike is in me. My wife got tired of hearing me talk about personal finance. So now all these listeners are hearing me talk about it. So I, I, I've always been concerned and worried about financial security and paying bills. And and it, it has worked out for my parents. They they haven't been, you know, financially destitute. It, they've always figured it out. My children, you know, they've come along and they're worrying about money. But again, it, they haven't hit any financial roadblocks. So I got to think, so I had some advice given to me a while ago. So if you've figured it out and you, you've saved money and you, you were responsible and you're able to retire at age 55, if you figured that out, retire early at, at some level, 55 is my number, just say you retired at 60. If you figured that out, what are the chances you're going to lose your mind and just make bad decision after bad decision once you retire like the chances of you running out of money or you know financially destitute is highly unlikely if you were able to make all the right decisions to retire at 55 the chances of you all of a sudden make making a bunch of bad decisions and becoming financially you know broke before you die is highly unlikely you will figure it out you, there's this thing I, i've said this before on the podcast if you took all the money in the world all of it I don't know how much money there is, but you took all the money and you divided it equally amongst all the people in the world. So everyone had an equal share of money in the whole world. In 20 years, all that money would be back in the same hands it started with. And that's because the people who figured out how to make money, they, they wouldn't have forgotten. And the people who figured out how to lose their money, they wouldn't have all of a sudden got smart and figured out how not that have not have that happen. So, but if you were a financial train wreck when you're 20s and you see your kids are financial train wrecks in your 20s and your parents say they were financial train wrecks and they're just struggling in their retirement years, then there's a good chance that's your future unless you change and do something different. But, you know, I look at, I, I had a, I was financially responsible in my 20s. Uh, my kids are financially responsible in their 20s. My parents are financially responsible in their senior years. I'm financial responsibility at 50. I got to think it's all going to work out uh, just through 
lifestyle and in just smart decisions. Last but not least in our list of things to observe is the relationships in our lives. So there's an expression. People come in and out of our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And keep those three things in mind all the time. So relationships, so people come in your life for a reason. So you could be, I don't know, you could be struggling with money and somebody comes in your life who who offers good financial advice and, and helps you and coaches you onto the right path. And then they move away and they're, or you lose touch with them and everything works out. That's a reason. So someone comes in your life for a reason. Or you could be somebody who, uh, you could be struggling with addiction and somebody comes into your life who helps you with that. And, and that's the reason. So in a season is some people come into your life just for a, a period of time in your life. So I remember we had these friends, we were super close to them. We had children at the same time. So they, they had children, we had children. Our kids were the same age and we we were like, super close friends and we did everything together. We'd go on play dates and we'd, we'd actually go on vacations together with these, these, these friends. And that was the season. It was a season of child raising. And then they, they, we all became empty nesters and they kind of went on to live a very, um, extravagant travel life and which cost lots of money. And they had no interest in retiring early and me and my, my wife, we wanted to retire fairly young, and we, we decided to buckle down and be financially responsible. And, and well, financially responsible for people who retire early, so, and we saved our, a, a lot of money and vacationed less. So we, we had less in common with them. So that's the season. So the child-raising season is when these people came into our lives, and then they left. And then there's people that come into your life for a lifetime. And those relationships... Those are the ones that, that matter. Those are the ones, and if I look at my 20s, the people came into my life, and they've, they're still in my life today. Those are the people you, you know, when, when that relationship is, is going through a struggle, that, that those are ones worth fostering and repairing and, and paying attention to. I, I'm not saying you should be mean or rude to the people that come into your life for a reason or a season, but don't feel bad when they leave your life. It's just the way it is. I absolutely love that. And that's something that truly does stand the test of time. And, and this is where you could look ahead to your parents and see the people that came in and out of their lives for reasons or seasons and see the people that came into their life for a, for a lifetime and, and observe the energy and the time they put into those lifetime relationships and how, and, and this family qualifies for this lifetime relationship because if you have a, a sibling or an uncle or an aunt that you you only saw when you were a kid, well, they were in your life for a season. But you you could have this special uncle who's just in your life all the time and you're just constantly interacting with them and they're in your life for a lifetime. So just look at your parents and see how people have come in, in, in and out of their lives and and look at what, this is if you're in 50s, and look at what, that relationship has meant to them over the years. And then look back, look at your children. And this is where you could offer them some, some advice. If they're struggling with somebody who, from your viewpoint, they're in their life for a reason or a season, and that person's moved on and your, your, your child is, is you know, completely devastated by that, just let them know that, that it's not you. It's, it's, it's just life. It's the cycle of life. These people were in for a season or a reason. So you, you've moved on, they've moved on. But when you see somebody who 
was in their life and they look like a lifetime person. And of course, you you are looking at it from a distance. You don't know the relationship, but you might coach them on fostering that relationship or, or taking more care with that relationship. So before we move on to our last section of your personal observations, Trevor, I do have a question for you. When, because we go back, because we can't go back in time, we can't change the things that have happened before we reach age 50, how does looking towards our children influence your actions and behaviors? Well, it, all it does is give me confidence that that they're following, like if, if I can see myself in my children and they, they're following my path and I then I should not discount that I might end up where my parents are if I'm following their path. So your children just give you the confidence that this model of life actually is going to, it's going to transpire. It's going to work. It's not, unless you do something different, you're going to end up where your parents are. And that could be good. That could be bad. But observing your children gives you the confidence that the, this generational thing is going to, going to happen. The light bulb definitely went off in my head as you made that linkage. So that, it, that makes complete sense. Let's move on to talking about your personal observations. So you have six observations you have made um, relating to both your children and your parents. So the, your first observation is that your children are concerned about their financial futures. Well, I'll talk about the first two. So my my children are concerned about their financial futures and my parents are concerned about their financial futures. And I'm concerned about my financial futures. So I see these similarities, but the reasons are different. So my children are concerned about financial futures and all three of them are worried about their career paths. So they're worried about, you know, carving out a career that's going to keep them gainfully employed and deliver a, a, a comfortable income. That is their concerns. And, and they, they seem incredibly impatient, but the, I think I was too at that time. I look at my parents, I look at my parents and they're concerned with their future, and their concern is different. They, they, they have. They're at such an age they've lost the ability to earn an income. Their their age and their health are at such a state where earning income is no longer an option. So their pension and retirement uh, savings is all they've got. So if they make a bad decision, they have zero chance of recovering from it. There's there there's no chance to make this up. So. Their finance, so it would look on the surface like they have a lot of money, but if something goes wrong, there's no chance to recover from it. So I, I see that. So I see my children's financial concerns. So I believe in the financial concern issue. Like it's it's real. I, I you know I look I look at them and say, you guys, it's going to work out. Don't worry about it. To my children, but I know what it was like to be there. But it's, it's, the observation is interesting that the generation behind me is worried about the financial future and the generation in front of me is worried about the financial future. Then I believe, that this is my observation, I'm not going to escape that concern. That concern is, is, is a keeper. It's always been there and it appears it's going to be there in the future. So rather than dreaming and wishing the day that this goes away, like I, I, I kept imagining when I retire, I'll have no more financial concerns. I, I've, I've just come to accept this is a problem in life that needs to be solved. So financial concern is always going to be present. Don't dream about the day it's going to be gone. And I, that's, I'm not bringing gloom and doom to this conversation, but I'm just saying just accept 
you will always worry about it. And that point totally goes back to that one episode where you really blew away my belief that as soon as you hit age X, you're not going to have, you're going to have everything figured out. So I, I do, I love that. I absolutely love that point. The second two points pertaining to both your children and your parents then are your children are not concerned about their use of time and then your parents are not concerned about their use of time. And so this one I talked about earlier, but this is a, so the, the first two points were kind of gloom and doom. This is a positive one. So I have been concerned about the use of time since I had children and that, that clock has never turned off since. And I, I remember how carefree I was, you know, with time, you know, I had no problem sitting on a beach with a bunch of buddies doing nothing in the summer when in my twenties. So I look forward to sitting on that same beach in my retirement years, not caring about time, I I see both, I, and I look at my children and I say, you guys are wasting your time, man. It's so precious. You know, don't be more, use, use it wiser. And look at my parents thinking, don't you see how little time you've got left? Why don't you make the most of every minute? And neither of them, I don't say that to them, but neither of them do. And it, they have zero urgency in their lives. They just kind of go and they, they they seem relaxed because of their their view of time is is not so precious so i look i i have to believe that my view of time is going to change when i retire and i will i will be this more so right now i i think i'm wound up tight you know trying to maximize every minute of the weekend and i i'm sort of planning out my weekend to the hour I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then I got to go back to work. And then the weekend comes, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I got to go back to work. And when I'm retired, it's not going to be a vacation every day. I'll still have problems in life to solve, but they won't be measured by time. You know, that that becomes a constraint I'll be less concerned with. So, uh, so financial concerns, they're not going to go away. Time concerns, I believe, are going to go away. I look forward to it. So if you're in your 50s, look at your parents and if they're not worried about time and being productive and all that nonsense, then chances are that's your future, which in this case is a good thing. And the final two observations you made are pertaining to health. So you believe that your children are not concerned about their health. Well, in contrast, you believe your parents are concerned about their health. So my children, you know, they talk about eating healthy and they do go to the gym and stuff, but I don't think they, they're doing all that stuff because the the society and information says it's a good idea and it probably I'm sure it is but they're con- they're doing it not with the concern of I'm doing this so I don't die early or I, I don't fall into poor health that's not why they're doing it that I don't even know if they know why they're doing it like but when you talk to my parents the, every conversation is about their health so here's where they're that my the generation behind me and the generation in front of me are at opposite ends of the spectrum. So my children have zero concern for health. They really, they really, they, they might think they do, but when you, when you talk to somebody who, who's a senior who is concerned with their health, it is dramatic. I mean, the, the conversations are, they couldn't be more polar opposites. You, you, you would be talking about Coke and Pepsi. I mean, they, apples and oranges, even though you're talking about, you know, eating healthy, and going getting exercise my parents also talk about uh trying to eat healthy and get exercise but theirs are as at such a a more intense level their their 
concern is is like uh, a thousand times what my children, you know, when they talk about eating healthy and getting exercise. So at 50, you got this this crossroad where you I, I knew they, how I, I didn't concern at all in my 20s and my children are somewhat concerned. You know, it's actually a topic of conversation for when I was in my 20s, I didn't even think about it, forget talk about it. So I, I know how I lived up to 50 and now I look at my parents who they didn't, I asked them, you know, did you think about your health when you're in your 50s? And of course they get fuzzy with the details and it's hard to know when they actually started to really take it serious. So I think this is something I can change. This is something I have control over. I can alter my concern for health. I want to be in my 70s and have a a very moderate concern for health, not the intensity my parents are dealing with. So my my parents, their whole week starts out with what doctor's appointments do we have, right? What 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 medical appointments are on our calendar, and then they 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 work in their social and, and entertaining things into their calendar after that. Their vacations are around their health medical appointments. My my children, they're. They think they're concerned about their health, but it's not at the same level. But they're they're better than I was. They're concerned about their health. That's that's a they, they, it's a topic of conversation. So, I think this is one outside of these three. This is one I can change, and I plan to change. Well, I think I I have changed it. So when I'm in my seventies, health is going to just be this sort of thing in the back of my mind, not front and center. So that brings us to the end of today's episode on looking forward and looking back. We talked about questions to ask ourselves things that we can observe, and finally concluded by talking about Trevor's observations. I'm curious to hear about any final thoughts for today's episode before we wrap up. So I think the whole, this whole thing is if you're 50, don't be so self-absorbed in your own life. Don't be so self-absorbed in you and what's going on in your life. Be so open to what's going on in your children's lives and really listen, understand, like, don't, don't talk. I mean, Okay, I'm a talker. I love to talk, but my wife nudges me all the time to listen. And if you if you listen to your children and listen to their concerns, listen to their struggles, don't try to solve them. Just listen to them and understand them. And then go listen to your parents and listen to them. In fact, if you can get your parents and your children in the same room, listen to them interact. That's that's super powerful. But be a listener and and don't be absorbed in your own life. And you will gain so much clarity on where you've been and where you're going. And and just trust this process. This is, I, I believe this is so powerful. But at 50, you if, you're, you, if, you, if you get caught up in your life and, and it's all about you because you're an empty nester, you've been waiting for this moment, you're, you know, for 20 years raising children, don't miss this opportunity to gain perspective. I love that. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we can't wait to have you back with us for a brand new show next week. Until then, keep it simple.